Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast. Thank you for listening. We're going to get right into part two of the mystery of harmonious union. You're going to find out here in just a second why I'm going to title this likely two-part series The Mystery of Harmonious Union. Uh, To pick up right where we left off in part one, I posed the question is of um, what is unity in the Spirit? We see it all throughout the Scriptures. Paul, with great regularity, taught us and the people of his time, the followers of the way, of this mysterious union of the brethren, men in and under the name of Yeshua, the way. And I think, I, I, I'm not, I don't think, I'm sure this has just been lost almost entirely in our generation. And as I alluded to a little bit at the end of part one, I believe that now it masquerades as mere camaraderie. I mean, friends, how many denominations are there just here in America? I mean, seriously. Well, why is that? We see major denominations this very second splitting, separating, being divided. Why? No one can agree. I think there should be homosexual priests. Okay, well, we don't. See ya. Pop. Another religion. Another sect. Another branch of, quote, Christianity. Friends, there's no, there's no distinction. There's no parameters. There is no distinguishable single one-man reality. Now, here, okay, here we go. How many conversations have I had in my life with dear brothers who say, you know what, Joel, it can't happen anymore. It can't happen. Man's too far gone. There can't be unity of the spirit anymore because of the spirit of religion, because of the arrogance of man. We're too far gone. Now, friends, I will be honest. That That is a real temptation to believe. That seems very true from our from our personal experiences, well, yeah, that, boy, that seems right. We can't do it. We're incapable. But, friends, it's just like what I'm beginning to unearth about the laws of God, the Torah, the commands, the fulfillment and then addition, if you will, that Yeshua Messiah came on top of the Torah, It seems impossible. It seems that man cannot do it. But we're told in scriptures that that is not true. That is actually the lie. The lie is that we believe we can't do it, and so therefore we don't even try. And we surely don't have the faith to believe it's possible. And not just possible, it is something for us. Friends, do you go after a goal that is impossible? How do you do that? If you have no faith for something, you will not attain your goal. Whether it's physical health, 
taking captive your thoughts, being freed from spiritual strongholds and sin, loving your wife, being a better father, being a better friend, whatever. I mean, even just natural goals, setting your sights on a better job, a better position. If you are not convinced that you can attain anything beyond what you are presently walking in and under, you will never get there, friend. That is just a simple principle of all of humanity. You hit the goals that you set, friend. And so when we're starting to talk about, take that principle, a simple principle, and you apply that to the spiritual truths within the scriptures of saying, this is what is for us, if we say, you know what, I know what the scripture says, but I have bought into the perspective and understanding that that is, the, that is entirely a not yet principle. That's New Jerusalem only. Now listen, most of the church has that, that mentality that opposes what Yeshua taught about the kingdom. He said, it's here, friend. It's in you. It's here. Can we not just honestly say most of Christianity is waiting for the Beulah land reality to come into play? Then, then I will be who God intends me to be. I can't do it now. The world's too evil. We put most blame on the world and on everybody else. Men are too vile. Men are too evil. The world is too fallen. Now it is fallen, and it is, it is evil. But it's not so evil and so fallen that we cannot attain the promises that the Scriptures say are for those who are in Messiah. Our standards are too low. Our expectations in faith now, not just willing ourselves by mere emotion and, and pep rallies, of we can do it, we can do it. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a Hebrews 11 expectation where our faith gives us the ability to conceive. Something before us that, okay, this is a truth of God given to me and I will align myself with it, period. My personal opinion on whether or not men can actually attain it, that's really irrelevant. That's too limiting. It's not a faith-based living. It's not. It's not a faith man. You will not be numbered with the Hebrews 11 saints, friend, if you say, nah, too barren. Don't you know I'm old? We look at conditions. We look at our own abilities. We factor in too much of our natural understanding, and therefore, we are not faith-based men. And so before I get too far out there into that, this mysterious, harmonious unity of the Spirit, friends, what in the world is that? Now, I want to go back to where I started at the beginning of part one of this message, and when I was talking about how last weekend, mere days ago, I was... I was thrust into a situation that really wrecked me. It greatly troubled me. I was in a circumstance that I had kind of wondered. I, I had kind of wondered a position on a certain matter within a certain 
fellowship of believers. I had been wondering, and in, in faith, I'm like, oh, Lord, I'm just believing. I'm trusting. I'm trusting. I'm believing. I am afraid, but, Lord, I trust in you. I am afraid. I am. I am afraid. But I will trust in you. My family, our trajectory, what you have brought to us and placed us within, I trust in that. And so I will, I will remain. Well, mere days later, boom, on the scene. Confrontation of exactly what, I will be honest, I feared. And I had been praying now only for a few days, but Lord, help me, prepare me, prepare me. I know, I know my conviction. Again, as I said in part one, to be clear, my conviction that is rooted and established in years of seeking the Lord's face on this matter. And coming to a place of personal conviction that, again, is sourced and flows out of a doctrinally scriptural, not mere personal opinion-based approach. Stance, if you will. That, again, I will make clear, opposes my natural man propensity. It opposes what I would do in myself. When I was 18 years old, and I was, I was not regenerated, and I wasn't born again, I wasn't born of the Spirit nor of the water, I could have responded to this circumstance in the flesh, and I would have been in direct opposition to what I now say I should respond with and out of, if that makes sense. My response now is completely different than what I would have done when I was regenerated. The scriptural doctrinal view I have now on this matter is rooted and established in something that is sourced in God that opposes my natural man propensity. And so as I, as I alluded to just a little bit, I was in a circumstance where I was pretty much entirely outnumbered in opposition. So what do we do, friends? Number one, are you willing to be in that circumstance? Are you willing to put yourself in that circumstance? I'm going to be honest. Most everybody I've ever known moves to isolation. Nope, we're done. We're done with that group of people. Don't agree. Next. Church hopping. Denominational moving. Fellowship. Division. Nope, I'm done. Out of here. We don't agree. Oh, friends, I'm telling you, do you hear what I'm saying? Division is killing the bride. Division is severing the parts of the body. We are not connected to the head as a one man. Why? Number one, as I already said, people say it's not possible. It's not possible anymore. Men cannot do it. And number two, any sort of disagreement and division comes, and boom, we're done. We're out. Disagreement, division. Disagreement, division. There is so much carnage along the road of the Christian church's division that comes from disagreement. The death toll is innumerable. Most of my family walks out lives of hurt and discouragement, 
that has led to division. There's no other way to go but lock our doors and be alone. And friends, I get it. I get it. Boy, do I get it. I could easily, listen to what I'm saying, please. I could easily, right this second, this weekend, I could have said, you know what? We're done. Again, for the how many time, <laughs> how manyth <laughs> time, you know what? We're done. Here we are again. I'm too much. I'm too hard. I'm too sober. I'm too serious. I'm too literal. I'm too this. I'm too that. I, I just quit. I just quit. It's not worth it. I feel that in my natural man. I feel it, friends. I'm done. I will go to my house. I will live on our farm with my wife and my son, and we will be the kingdom the best that we can. That is an option. And we'll do it. We could do it. We could be a family consecrated, set apart unto the purposes of God, laboring now. Not just like, well, whatever, this is what we do. Amen, thank God. No, I mean like we will lean into the Lord, the three of us. We will continue to study. We will fast. We will pray. We will train our son to be a holy, consecrated, priestly son that grows into a priestly man who has his own household. We will multiply the kingdom. We could do that. Listen to what I'm saying. We could do that, and that would be easy. That, my friends, is what most every single person I know does that's in my past. Hey, we can't be with you, brother. It's me and Jesus. Me and Jesus, me and Jesus, me and Jesus. Can't do it. I cannot fellowship with you. We disagree. Friends, I'm sorry I'm worked up. I'm sorry I'm yelling. Seriously, I'm sorry. Is this mere personal conviction? Is that all it is? Is that Do we just want to pat somebody on the back and say, it's okay, son. I used to be zealous like that. I used to be excited like you. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm 46 years old. I'm not 18. I didn't meet Jesus last night at the tent revival. I'm just excited and want to go to the mall and tell the strangers about Jesus. Can we please appropriate honor rightly to any other man in Christ Jesus? What if this is the conviction of God on a man? I'm doing that. Okay, so let's go down that road for a mere moment. I'm doing that, right? So in this circumstance this weekend that came up, in this exact circumstance, I'm being so transparent. I'm almost being blatantly detail by detail, but I'm not going to do that because it's not necessary. Brothers looked at me in the circumstance of absolute disagreement. And I, like, I'm saying black and you're saying white now. And they looked at me several brothers, and said, Joel, don't you dare lay down your conviction. The two leaders looked at me, and one of them called me aside later and said, Joel, don't you dare lay down your conviction, brother. If that's where the Lord's led you, then you hold on tight. Now, not hold on so tight you're not willing to change. I understood what he was saying according to the Spirit now. 
He wasn't saying don't be willing to change. He didn't have to say that. I knew what he was saying. He's saying, you hold on to your conviction, brother. I'm not trying to change you. And that was my posture. I'm not trying to change anybody. I'm just saying to the core of my innermost being, this is what I believe is right and scriptural, scriptural and absolutely pleasing to the Father. So what, my friends, is necessary? Unity of the Spirit. It is the bond that supersedes natural man agreement. Now what do we do with the things we disagree on? I will be honest, right this second, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not talking, man, I'm not talking about like rapture or communion, sacramental things of the scripture and how we do this or that. Again, for me, I'm talking top tier. I'm talking like for me and from my perspective, it's an essential. It's top tier. To me, it is the, the evidence of a Christ man. For me, when I see the attribute that I spoke out of the other day, it solidifies stamps. Boom, that is a Christ man. He does not love his life unto death. It is a solidifier, absolute, sure thing for me. That man is in Jesus. He knows Yeshua. He knows the way and the path of the firstborn of many brethren. And so, yeah, it's hard for me. Hard does not even touch it. So here's the scripture that right out of that moment now, minutes after that moment, I surrendered my will to the Lord. I said, Lord, I need you. This area is a weakness for me. Be strong. Be who you are right now for me. I'm confessing my weakness. I'm weak. I'm lacking the ability and the faith and the vision to see properly right this second towards these brothers. But Lord, I, I am willing to say it's possible I'm wrong right out of the gate now. This conviction, again, this top-tier conviction that goes to the guts of all that I am as a spiritual regenerated man. But Lord, I give it to you. Anything I believe, any conviction that I own, it is a gift from you, all understanding, all perception. Everything that I see as as however it is I see it, I am yielded to you defining what is and what is not. And so I quickly surrendered my opinion, my conviction, my position. I surrendered it all to the Father. I literally, for an hour, I brought it before him as a sacrificial offering upon the altar of my life. My posture is my life is not my own, period. And so I did that. And I went right to the scriptures. I sat down and I started going right to the scriptures about unity. Unity of the brethren. And this one jumped out to me the most and I want to share it right now. It's Romans 15, primarily verses 5 and 6. Now, may the peace 
excuse me, may the God of perseverance and encouragement grant, which means supply, furnish, and enable you to be of the same mind, which is in harmonious union with one another, according to Messiah Yeshua. Okay? So God, who is the possessor now of perseverance and encouragement, He is the source. May He, may He Himself bestow upon us the ability to be a, to the, the ability to be of the same mind, to be in harmonious union with one another, according to Yeshua. One mind, one shared, unified mind. Okay, and so that's part one of that. Well, why? Why? Why do we pray that? Why do we believe that? Why would we give ourselves in faith to believing that God can and is fully able to supply us the ability to be of the same mind? Now, friends, if you don't believe that, you're already opposing Scripture. You're already set up to be in direct opposition to God's supply and sustenance to bring about this truth. You're in opposition of His will and of His way. So we have to be willing, first and foremost, to respond, A, the Spirit Himself can bring about unity within a brotherhood, within a body of believers. It is possible I have to position myself in faith to believe it is possible. Not by our own endeavor, not by our own strength, and not surely not by our own willing ourselves hard enough to do it. It is a gift from God who possesses all per- perseverance and encouragement and will supply us this same mind, harmonious union. Well, why? Verse 6 in Romans chapter 15 goes on to tell us, So that with one accord and with one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. Friends, we have got to get this and we've got to get it in its fullness. If there is going to be what is prophesied to be a remnant reality, a one man now, I'm not waiting to see it in Beulah land. I'm not waiting to see it in New Jerusalem. I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting. I'm not putting it on the shelf and saying, oh, well, sure, in New Jerusalem, yeah, I see it. I'm just going to wait now, locked up in my prayer closet by myself, me and God, me and God. Friends, we cannot shelve these things because they what? Because they seem impossible. It seems so impossible, friend. It absolutely seems impossible. And listen, listen to what I'm going to say right here, right now. You know what? It is in ourselves. If it were dependent upon you, and if it were dependent upon me, and if it were dependent upon every other man who actually is in Yeshua Messiah, forget the world now. Forget those who... who say they are in Him and are not. I'm talking about the truly regenerated ones who are in the kingdom. It is impossible for any one of us, 
regenerated Christ men to do this on our own accord, in our own strength. It is impossible. No way, no how, you nor I nor any other gathering, fellowship, body of believers can attain this in our own abilities, in our own strengths, in our own trying so hard to will ourselves to be in agreement. Cannot do it. Impossible. Impossible. You know what? I'm going to make this three parts. This is too important to just wrap up and put a bow on right here. There's too much more. There's too much more to this, friends. We've got to give ourselves to the faith and the belief and the expectation that the promises of God are yes and amen for His people. Set our standards higher. We're going to continue to look at these scriptures. What did I name this thing? I don't know. The mystery of harmonious union. The mystery of harmonious union. Let's just say part three, probably the conclusion, coming up next. Amen.